Welcome to A Slice of Orange, a podcast on politics in North Orange County, California with me, Jody Balma, Professor of Political Science at Fullerton College. So today we have two uh, recently elected new members of the Fullerton City Council, Fred Jung and Nick Dunlap. Welcome to the show. Um, so you both answered a lot of questions about your positions on city issues for the candidate forums, the Fullerton Observer, Enough, and the one I moderated, the League of Women Voters. So people who are interested in those can find those recordings. But I wanted to spend some time talking about why you ran, about your community involvement, what you hope to do, how that's going to influence you on the council, um, those kinds of questions. So welcome. Um, and we'll start with you, Fred, um, if you can tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to Fullerton and why you were motivated to run for office. Well, first, if I may, uh, thank everyone uh, for voting in the highest number uh, in my, my memory, perhaps in history. Americans voted at the highest rate. In the highest yeah. Um, 79 million Americans voted for President-elect Joe Biden. Uh, 80 million by the time uh, all the counts are done. Uh, 73 million Americans voted for President Trump. Uh, that's the most and second most votes ever cast for a presidential election. Um, and 87% uh, in, 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 in Orange County. Yes, percent turnout, that's so, incredible. So I, I just wanna thank everybody for that. Uh, representative government works when people uh, are active, uh, when they make sure their voice is heard, and the magnitude in which uh, Americans, uh, particularly those in Orange County and those in Fullerton, uh, made sure their voices were heard this election cycle uh, was very humbling to me and very, uh, very impressive for our democracy. Uh, but getting, it, it, you're getting back to your question, uh, why I ran. Well, tell us a little bit about, you know, how you came to Fullerton and your community involvement before you ran for office, because you were involved on a commission. You've been involved in lots of community activities. So I, I grew up in uh, Downey. Uh, I'm an immigrant. Uh, my parents immigrated uh, with me to America when I was five. My father was a journalist in, in South Korea. At the time, South Korea was uh, under a military dictatorship. And he would rail against that consistently. Uh, as yeah. a, And as a dissident, he was uh, targeted to be uh, jailed, uh, put in prison. And oh. he figured that with a young son and a family, that this would be uh, devastating to, to him and to me. Uh, so we immigrated through Hawaii uh, to Downey, California. Uh, wow. He didn't speak the language, nor did my mother. So his education in Korea, which was very high at the time, uh, didn't matter. His career uh, was irrelevant. So right. he worked as a basic machinist, uh, making literally nuts and bolts during the day. Wow. Uh, during the nighttime and on the weekend, he was a pump man at Union 76 gas station on Hollywood and Highland. Uh, so at the time, um, you know, I'm dating myself now. Uh, <laughs> just when you drove into a gas station, there would be a full service gas station where you go into a full service lane, 
right. pop the hood and they check your oil, clean your window, uh, fill your gas and you tip them and, and you know, you paid accordingly at the pump. Sure. Uh, so did that. And my mother, uh, did, uh, something I thought was always really cool all my life. She was a fry cook at Del Wienerschnitzel, which is now Wienerschnitzel. Sure. Wow. And, um, you know, again, saved every dime they could there. Right. And uh, were able to buy a home. And the first home they found was in Fullerton. And I had never seen a uh, mountain range before. Growing up in Downey, Downey's pretty flat. Sure. Uh, sure. And uh, the first mountain I saw in person uh, was, ironically enough, uh, West Coyote Hills. Oh, wow. Far from far. <laughs> So when you're driving up Rosecrans, that right, road, uh, which at Beach and Rosecrans used to have this huge dip, uh, which doesn't exist anymore now. They paid okay. over that. Uh, that was the first mountain range that I had seen, and they bought their home in Coyote Hills. And uh, I was this was 1988. I was uh, in eighth grade at the time. Okay, and I I've never left uh, District One in Fullerton since I. I went to school uh, in Los Angeles at SC. Uh, I commuted there back and forth from Fullerton. Um, I would uh, be on the 110 freeway. This is before they built the overpass. And 110 freeway was a, a parking lot. So I had trained myself okay. to sleep. Um, and then when somebody would honk behind me, I would move my foot off the brake to the gas. And then back to the break and go back to sleep again. And I did that for four years. <laughs> okay. So so just a note to my listeners, that is not safe driving. No, that is not. Please don't do that. Uh, that's not recommended tenant. Of, of the lessons that I want my listeners to take, that is not one. <laughs> that's the cautionary tale. Absolutely. Don't do that. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I I bought my, my first home I bought in District 1 uh, off El Paso. Okay. And, uh, I got married, started having children. We moved to a uh, a larger home, uh, the one that I've lived in since and been raising my kids in since. So uh, I live in West Bluff, if people are familiar with uh, this. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I, I wanted to get involved. I've been very fortunate in business. Uh, I've been able to you know, sustain my, my family and myself at a very comfortable level. I, I have... Uh, uh, very small, um, affordable uh, hang-ups or, or, or hobbies, I should say. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's allowed me to to really be involved with my children's lives. Uh, my son, my oldest boy, started playing football. And in Pop Warner at the time, this was, you know, 15-plus uh, years ago, uh, they had these really draconian weight limits. Uh, that oh, they had right. not changed from like the 70s, 60s. Yeah. And my son, when he was uh, 10, he weighed more than the weight limit. So the weight limit, I think, for a 10-year-old was right around nine, 95 pounds or give or take. Yeah. He weighed 120. And I just didn't feel comfortable as a parent making him run around the track for a month and a half trying to lose 20 pounds so he could play. Right. And uh, Pop Warner wouldn't change their weight limits. They were kind of stuck on this thing. And so I started my own football league uh, 
uh, with, you know, uh, no weight limits or higher weight limits at the time. Now it's no weight limits out of my garage. Oh, wow. um, On the weekends, my son and I and a couple of uh, friends of mine that also had you know, children my son's age, we'd go sit at Albertson's estate of brothers off Euclid and beg parents to sign up for this new football league. No one's ever heard of. Right. Right. Our our first year we had 75 kids. Wow. Year we had 180. Uh, Our third year we had 360. Our fourth year we were the largest in uh, North Orange County. Now perhaps in Orange County period. Um, And you know, it's grown into something that's been a, a, a genuine labor of love for me. Uh, it's uh, the sport itself has given my son an educational opportunity. He's now in Iowa on scholarship playing football there. Wow. Uh, I've had the great fortune of watching children grow into young men and women that have gone on to be in the armed forces. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, go to school, UCLA, to Harvard, to Yale. Uh, it's allowed me an opportunity to see that. And, uh, I, you know, I went from doing that to donating my time to coaching at Sunny Hills High School. So I coached the, uh, I was a coach on Sunny Hills High School's uh, team for five years. Okay. Uh, a lot, you know, really saw a lot of children go through that program and, and become young men who still live in our community and, and, uh, you know, hopefully voted for me, uh, in this past election. <laughs> yeah. And, right. Uh, right. It, it's been a great labor of love, but football and being around parents, uh, that are like-minded that want their children, not only to be, uh, mentally fit, but socially right. fit and physically fit, uh, has given me a lot of, uh, connections, I guess, or even friendships with people that are, were on city council, were on the, the, the county supervisors. Yeah. And it, it allowed me to, to volunteer even further when they'd asked me to be on commission. So I've been a, a parks and recs commissioner. Uh, I was on the police cert, uh, chief search commission uh, when we had a uh, uh, police chief vacancy. Uh, when yeah. Chief McKinley retired. Um, and, you know, it allowed me to kind of do these things and give back to the community. Uh, a year, a full year ago, a little over a year ago now, um, there was a search for um, a vacant city council seat. Uh, Councilman Jesus Silva had run in a district seat when he was holding an at large seat. Uh, he won. And the at-large seat became the at-large seat was vacant. Yeah. Vacant. So they put out a call to arms to the community, basically, uh, um, you know, if you are interested, come and fill out this application. And yeah. Do this paperwork, and we'll see you at the uh, NUF forum. So neighbors united did this forum, and initially there were 28, 29 candidates there. Yeah. And you, you went through this forum and then you went in front of the city council, uh, the four members, and they went through an extensive interview process. And uh, it was myself, uh, councilwoman uh, Jan Flory, and city attorney of uh, Santa Ana, Sonia Carvalho. 
for the final three members. And it was from that where I, I thought uh, this would be something that I want to pursue based on the fact that I, I didn't feel that my district, and I knew we were going into a district election right. this year, I wasn't being properly representative uh, at council. And, mm-hmm. you know, people often fear the unknown. They, they tread towards the familiar, understandably. And I thought if I could be a better bridge that um, allows not only social and political uh, divides to heal or come closer, that I'd be a better man and even a better council member for it. Um, I thought that representation mattered. Uh, mm-hmm. It often shapes how minorities are viewed by society. And more right. importantly, it, it shapes how minorities see themselves. Uh, and Fullerton's District 1 has one of the largest Korean-American communities outside of uh, Korea. Mm-hmm. And so we, we all owe this great debt of gratitude to Jonathan Peck, who's a very young man, and all the people in our community who advocated for district elections. And now, you know, there's uh, representation through me uh, on city council, Asian Americans, Korean Americans in particular, may see local government more approachable uh, because Mm -hmm. of my election. And uh, that's my hope as we move forward. Yeah, good, thank you. So Nick, uh, tell us about your community involvement, you know, growing up in Fullerton, why, you know, why you felt uh, the need to get involved or not the need, but wanted to get involved and and sort of the path that led you. Um, you were on the planning commission um, before you ran. So tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. So um, I was born and raised in Fullerton and had the opportunity to work in real estate growing up, which was a family business. Um, you know, shortly after graduating from college, um, you know, I got involved with a number of different trade groups and trade associations um, that are, you know, basically support the real estate industry. So became a realtor and so I joined the realtors. Um, you know, we own, own and operate rental housing. And so uh, I joined, you know, the Sermon Department Association. And kind of through my involvement, you know, I was obviously, I was, you know, as a kid at the time, it was, you know, just out of college. And so I was much younger than any, anybody else that was involved in those groups at the time. Right. And so I got involved in some different committees, um, you know, centered around government affairs and, and you know, legislative affairs and things of that nature. And I, I really took an interest in how public policy affects, you know, our business. And then maybe, you know, I guess a bit further, you know, how, how it affects, um, you know, kind of property rights and how businesses you know, function and operate uh, because of policies or, or legislation that uh, sort of governs the industry. So, um, you know, it kind of, Continued in, in my involvement there, uh, and you know, later became a, a three-time president of the apartment association. Um, I chaired our local and, and state um, government affairs committees, um, but in the process, had the opportunity to meet a number of you know local uh, sort of city, county, and, and state legislators. And you know, it's interesting. I, I really started to see how you know the, the difference. They, you know, I think the difference that an elected official can make when they care about the community. And I, I always thought Absolutely. it was really, you know, it was it was really neat to go in and talk to people whether they were in, you know, Santa Ana or Fullerton or Anaheim or, um, you know, Alicia Vieira, right? And and to talk to these people and find out what it is that they, you know, why they care about the community so much and 
you know, to see, you know, sort of volunteers really become passionate about, um, you know, their, their community. And, and so, um, you know, from there, I sort of got the bug and I was, I was appointed to a, to a county commission, the, you know, the uh, county housing and community development commission. And so, uh, so sort of from there and shortly thereafter, um, got appointed to the planning commission. And it was really, um, during the course of my involvement with the planning commission, um, I had also had the opportunity to participate, uh, as sort of a local chair, uh, you know, against, uh, for a proposition. So um, this was 2018, and I, I served as the chairman of our local uh, Orange County No on Prop 10, which was a, a statewide rent control uh, initiative at that time. And so it's it's much different than a than a personal campaign, but that that sort of got the bug for me. Um, and right. that was really what what kind of you know kind of you know really planted the seed that hey maybe one day I would like to you know to help serve our community. Um, and obviously, having you know grown up there, had the opportunity to you know do a number of the different things that Fred talked about. Although you Paul, know, he was more on the football side, mine was more baseball and basketball driven, and so uh, yeah, you know. But um, so so the community service was you know really that that seed was planted a long time ago. So you know, I had a few friends nudge me, um, and ultimately, I think the biggest um, you know the most well, I got the. The, the, the biggest and most important thing is that my wife said, yes, you can do it. And so, uh, you know, really from there, you know, we decided. Um, you know, it's, hey, a, it's a huge time. undertaking. So, I mean, getting family, you, you buy in is crucial. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, we got started and I, I will say it's interesting because at the time, you know, I actually started, I, I, I launched my campaign in 2019, which at the time seemed early for a city council race, but in hindsight now, obviously with the pandemic, that nobody, I mean, no one would have foreseen, you know, that, that, that taking place. I mean, so, so it was actually really great in hindsight that we started early because, you know, we were able to do a number of things. One, to get out and get the word out. Um, two, you know, to raise money. And then three, to, um, you know, just continue to build a, this, this campaign where you've got, you know, sort of the, you know, the, the notoriety. Um, funds raised and you, know, you kind of put together that like campaign machine, if you will, because yeah. ultimately, you know, that, that really helped down the stretch. I mean, you know, you don't necessarily think about it when it's a year and a half out, but when you're right. 30 days before the election and you're not having to, you know, focus on some of these other things because you've already got it done, it was, it was just, you know, very helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so do you think that that commission for both of you um, really helped? I mean, I, I always encourage people to serve on a commission because sometimes it can tell you that you don't want to be involved in politics um, and kind of lets you get to know the, the the players and the people, the the people who are important in the city. And so do you recommend that to, to our listeners who are thinking about running in their own cities to be on a commission? Yeah, I mean, you know, Fred, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll go first here. I mean, I, I absolutely do. I think it's, it, one, it, it gives you the opportunity to, I, I think most importantly, you know, to get involved and to know the issue. Because I think you know, that was one thing, obviously, there were three districts that were up when, when Fred and I were running. And I, I think, you know, we noticed, um, yeah, and, you know, but, um, but and it, well, and so the point being, you, you become very aware that, you know, from your competition, you understand who knows the issues, who doesn't know the issues. And I think that's that's very helpful because as a candidate, that's something that helps you kind of differentiate yourself from sort of the competition, you know. 
how well you know the issues. And I think there's there's really no better way to become familiar with or become acquainted with the issues than to you know join a, a city commission, whether that's you know yeah. the infrastructure review, and Fred, do you agree? planning commission, parks, and such. Yeah. Um, Nick is absolutely correct. It gives you a fundamental understanding of local governance. You know, people often fear uh, local government. And they view it as kind of this immovable object versus their unstoppable force. Uh, this allows some of those uh, curtains to fall a little bit. You get a much better understanding of what city employees do. Uh, which is really critical to knowing how a city works. Yes. Uh, and, and and being able to sit there and, and recognizing Robert's rules, just simple things that you wouldn't think about uh, are all very important. Uh, decorum, uh, you know, which may not exist in the current council, but will exist in, in the next one. Uh, these are all things that are very important. Again, by having more folks involved, especially young uh, women involved in commissions, I think will help rebuild the social trust we need uh, in order for our, our, our democracy as a whole to work. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I think uh, those are very important steps to, to make sure. Yeah, that and, and I'm glad you brought that up because obviously, you know, representation matters and, and you know, districts matter. And so we're getting regional representation and, and clearly five individuals can't actually represent all of the people in Fullerton. But, um, you know, I, I do have to note that Fullerton now has not a single woman on the council. And that's clearly not the fault of, of either of you or anybody. Um, but... And and we did just Jennifer Fitzgerald and Jan Flory and before them, you know, Pam Keller and Sharon Quirk Silva and Molly McClanahan and Julie Saw. We've had women on the council, but I do think that as commissions are important for kind of the pipeline and for that really important ballot designation that helps the voters know that you are committed and, and informed. I, I do wonder, you know, as you now both have the opportunity to appoint people to these commissions that you benefited from, you know, do you have a game plan of how you'll vet people? Do you have a game plan of how you'll recruit people who might not be interested because they're not aware of the commissions, which is often the reality is that people don't even know the commissions exist unless they're part of that kind of inside crowd. So um, Nick, let me start with you. Of do, do you have a plan of, of kind of how you're going to decide on the commissioners? Yeah, you know, absolutely. I think in, in some, in, you know, there are some committees where I've had people, you know, actively approach me, um, you know, already. Um, and some have been friends or acquaintances or people that, you know, worked on various aspects of the campaign with. I, I absolutely, I think it's important to have, um, you know, diversity in our community and get uh, different viewpoints, because I think ultimately, like you pointed out, you know, the five, you know, the five of us up on the dais will not, uh, you know, although, you know, yes, as council members, we will represent the city, but surely there are many different viewpoints, and I think it's important to take those into consideration as we, you know, you know, try to run the city and improve the city. Um, yeah. Now, so, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, I'm trying to think, because I don't have anybody definitively populated yet, but I've kind of got my, uh, you know, some names penciled in. And so um, I think there is a, a healthy balance of both, um, you know, male and female um, Fullerton residents from across the city, not just 
in district two. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I too was surprised. I, I figured for sure, um, you know, that, you know, that we would have, you know, multiple female candidates. And it was, it was interesting when I saw the final, you know, slate of candidates that there, there wasn't. So that was a surprise. Yeah. 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 And, and Fred, what about you? Do you have any idea of like how you're going to recruit commissioners or, or are they coming to you already? Uh, You know, those. Well, I would recommend every listener and any young person, uh, I'm going to encourage every uh, woman in Fullerton that is interested in uh, giving back or having uh, their voice heard in a, a more meaningful way to go on the cityoffullerton.com's website. And there is a section for commissions that is right on it. You can see all of the uh, standing committees and the non-standing yeah. committees and the ad hoc committees. And you just, there's a easy thing that you can click on and apply. And okay. I encourage everyone to do that because that is the first step. And as uh, Nick and I and the rest of the council look to fill those positions, uh, we will certainly be looking through actively those applicants to make sure that we find great candidates uh, that are representative of our community. Yeah, good. So, um, Nick, I know you've got another meeting to go to, so I'm not sure how much time you have left for us, but um, I did want to talk about um, the the deficits and Measure S also on the ballot, in which the voters clearly rejected 57%, uh, said no to an increased sales tax, and that's going to lead hard choices for you uh, as council members. And sometimes I wonder, you know, oh, why, why did you want to be on the council during a massive budget crisis <laughs> um, during a pandemic? Uh, but uh, but I do in, in the moments before you have to leave. Um, and so I'll start with Nick. Uh, you know, I, we want the museum to be open. We want the library. Nobody ever wants services cut. But, you know, what what are you thinking as, as we're looking at um, deficits? Sure. So first, and I think regarding Measure S, you know, the I think the issue is that if that if that were to have passed, um, you know, and, and the underlying adjustments to spending were not made, or the needed adjustments to spending were not made, you know, it would have been a few years before we found ourselves back there again. Um, so I think first and foremost, what what we need to do as a council, um, you know, and what I what I hope that some of my colleagues will will um, join me in establishing a number of short, mid, and long-term goals uh, that, that we can work towards with, with regard to spending. And ultimately, once we get back on track, um, you, know, you know, allocating the, you know, the appropriate funding to get, get our roads, streets, and infrastructure fixed. Um, because I think you know, there are opportunities, and even in reflecting on and in reviewing previous years' uh, financials, you know, we could have allocated uh, in some cases, ten to fifteen million dollars a year uh, towards you know our roads and streets, and it just didn't get done, you know, for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Um, and so I think we we can get back there. Obviously, the pandemic's not going to last forever. Um, you know, once once we come out of this and our sales tax revenue starts to start to come back, um, I, I think the right combination of sales tax revenue coming back uh, and economic development, where we bring in you know more jobs and more businesses into town. Um, you know, something that's been in the news a lot recently, uh, I think it actually just got approved at the second reading last night, was the, um, you know, the Goodman, the Goodman group has a project that's at the former Kimberly Park site. And it's right. estimated, you know, it's estimated that that's going to bring about two to 3,000 jobs to Fullerton. 
um, you know, which sure is a small step, but it's a, it's a step in the right direction. And I think if we can continue to build on that, um, you know, we will see, again, our, our tax revenue increase and we'll be able to allocate that funding to our roads and streets. But it, it's not going to come without making the, the proper adjustments to our spending. And I think you know, we, we are going to have to talk about that as a council and, you know, get the, get the feedback from the community as to what, what we can or can't do. Because as you noted, I mean, we do have our, you know, we have our local treasures. I mean, the museum center and the library um, are, are two of them. And I, I support bringing those back as, or, or, well, library is, you know, still functioning. Right. But, um, right. but, you know, the, the sooner we can get the museum center back on track, I think the better. So, um, you know, it's important, I think, for the community to understand, hey, we want to do that too. And we, we have to work together to do those things. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. I know you've got another meeting. I really appreciate you no, popping you. in and, and spending some time. And I look forward to seeing what you do as a council member. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you so much for having Before me. Before Nick goes, I want to, as yeah. a I, I want to give him a big thumbs up for the Babe Ruth uh, uh, painting behind him. There's a local artist by the name of Dave Holbrook who does uh, sports art. And that looks like his work. So I, I approve, Nick. Awesome. So, sorry, our listeners aren't getting the audio, but but do know there's a there's a great painting of, of Babe Ruth. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So thank well, you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. It was nice chatting with you. Okay. Thanks, Nick. Bye. So Fred, what I you know, we've got these budget cuts. Yeah, so uh you're absolutely right. And and Nick was right on a lot of the things he was speaking about. Uh, the defeat of Measure S and even Measure U uh, suggest pretty profoundly that the current city council and the, the city manager did not have when uh, they put these things on the ballot. And just, uh, just a reminder that the Measure U is about fireworks and banning fireworks. That, that's correct. Yeah. Um, our, our current council is not necessarily working very well on behalf of the Fullerton residents. And, um, you know, I used to tell my high school football teams that if there was a lack of teamwork, it usually could be attributed to, to three things, uh, trust issues, uh, dysfunctional environment, and selfishness. And when all of our residents... Oh, you know, I think that's going to resonate with a whole lot of, uh, of people in... Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that doesn't just apply to city councils and, and football no, teams. not at all. If, if you look at those three uh, things, it, it kind of will teach you to the core of what's happening, not only in a working environment, but in a, in a family, uh, yeah. any kind of dynamic where yeah. things are just not working cohesively. I always thought that those three things were the, the, the practical uh, causes. And yeah. so when, when government is asking every resident to sacrifice, which they all are doing right now, yet they're not willing to sacrifice. I think there's a level of hypocrisy there that builds this distrust that uh, is is prevalent in our in our community. So if residents are being asked to do uh, more with less, then certainly our city uh, government should do the same. And I think that's going to not just be a, a viewpoint. That's a that's going to be a financial reality. So yeah. you know, I, I often look at politicians in this kind of skeptic, skeptical manner. And the fact that I am a politician now is kind of mind numbing to me. Uh, but, you know, we view accountability as, as a punishment in this country sometimes. When an yeah. actuality, accountability is an opportunity for all of us to do better. 
in fact, to be better. Oh, I love that. Accountability is so, an opportunity for us to all be better. Exactly. So we can yeah. take this opportunity and, and not view it as something that's negative, but something that's positive, that we can now change Fullerton to be more about, about residential uh, accountability to mm -hmm. our and, and do more for them. You know, that I still believe in the five C's from my childhood. And I'm sure uh, Ms. Balma does the same. Character, yeah. courage, charity, conscious, and, 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 and courtesy. And courtesy counts. It's a, it's yeah. a big deal. So we can just do those things to begin with. I think we can get out of this in a meaningful way and be much better for it. Yeah. No, thank you. I think I think that's great. So I really appreciate you stopping by and um, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do on the council. Uh, and, and I do, you know, I, I know that you talked about this a little bit before, but I, you know, I do think it matters that um, Fullerton now has a Korean American on the council. And I think it matters for the voters. I think it matters for the community. Um, and, and in the same way that, um, you know, it matters that women are elected. It matters that people of color are elected. And and I really appreciate your willingness to run uh, and to serve the community in all the ways that you have. Um, and, and that's true for everybody in, in public service. But, you know, I think that there's an added element um, when you're representing a community that hasn't been represented in, in our city. Well, I'm grateful to be on your podcast, Ms. Balma, and uh, I, I, again, I thank all of your listeners, all the voters of Fullerton. We are, uh, we're going to work hard to make sure that everybody is heard. Yeah, so there's our new council members, Fred Jung and Nick Dunlap, and uh, it's going to be a, a, a new uh, council, and we now have all five districts represented, and so we will see what happens next. Thanks for joining us.